I'm Frank Reedy. I'm a painter. Uh, this sound. This seems really unnatural. I know it's weird. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We can do it. Hey, who are you? <laughs> I'm Frank Reedy. <laughs> damn it! No, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> I was, I'm Frank Reedy. Damn do it! That <laughs> I'm Frank Reedy. I'm painting in Lakewood, Ohio, and uh, you can find me at at Frank Reedy on Instagram. That's awesome, Frank. You nailed it. Damn it. <laughs> and future TikTok. <laughs> yeah, no, because you are you do realism, and realism does so well on the clock app. I really think you should do it. Frank, so, um, Sophie, is the person who I did the follow-up video because all of those people hate me because they think I hate realism. I remember. <laughs> it's nice so, to put a face for, to the, like, the context of the video. That's right. That's right. He's the reason that the internet hates me. It's all because of Frank. <laughs> definitely, um, definitely how it goes. But what's funny is like the thing that I find hilarious is that um, what I had, you know, what the sort of started that TikTok. And so we're doing it. We do a podcast, Sophie and I. We haven't figured out how often we're putting it out. We have sort of way too much content. You're here, Frank, now because I ran into you, though my teenage daughter said, you know, mom, you you probably, these artists, I don't know if they always want to hang out and talk to you. <laughs> that is such teenage girl bullshit. Um, I was like, no, Frank does like right. me. I've seen him outside of the studio and he talks to me. <laughs> I don't, but also I don't think that your girls quite realize that like TikTok has quite literally Pavloved many, many, many artists into loving the sound of your voice and like knowing oh, that your opinion is coming. Well, I, it's true. Well, there was somebody trying to buy stuff from him. So I was like trying to sneak out. So I hadn't <laughs> snuck out. So like, but it wasn't as if he like kicked <laughs> me out. But, um, but, um, but also my kids are always, my kids just have no idea. I was at CMA. Like when I heard, when I first heard of Frank, actually, it was a local journal. I think my guild told me, have you seen that guy's Frank's work yet? Um, and maybe you had that show at Bonfoy or something, but uh, the girls, I took the girls, my oldest was like, I don't know. I think my oldest was a toddler. Um, so they, they don't know, they have no idea. They're just so used to being around people like this. Um, but mm -hmm. my point is that I had seen, um, so I thought it would be great to interview you, Frank, because you had up, is it a, a pair of jeans in your studio? A painting of a pair of jeans? yes or a jean jacket some sort of jean material <laughs> it's a it's a pair of jeans yeah yeah and i think one thing that i and i said to you then i like ran out of the, your studio um that tiktok is obsessed with realism but at the same time they don't really think at all about the realist painter mm -hmm. so like they completely ignore your like what your meaning is but they just want to be like you're talented mm -hmm. yeah I, see i'm not I'm not on TikTok, but I mean, Lord knows I get caught up in the scroll that happens on Facebook and Instagram where I'm just like, for, you know, too long then. <laughs> so I'm familiar with the, I'm familiar with the content that is popular enough to get spread around on Across Instagram apps. and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, exactly. But not so much in, in, in the depths that is like the entire TikTok app. So I, as a non-TikTok user, think that it's dance routines and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, husband and wives 
pranks. You see a lot of those. Oh, man, they're so cringe. I got to say, it's one of those things where, like, if you haven't joined it yet, I would say maybe don't. So it's, it's less like dancing and cringy hetero content now. And I think especially kind of during the pandemic, right, it exploded into this place where everyone kind of started unloading all of their internal kind of dialogue. Um, and now... Interesting. It's now... Though it's, I think also one of the things that's very hard... It is a marketplace of everything. One thing for me that's continuously hard, and I will say this. So Frank and I had like worked together on, uh, he was in an exhibition I had curated about realism. And I did this exhibition because I think that in contemporary collections, particularly people um, gravitate towards realist paintings because they perceive them to be more accessible, but they're neither more nor less accessible than um, abstract paintings. And so I had um, wanted to do a, do a show one that reminded them that realism is a choice, but it's also like um, a device a tool for meaning. And so we had um, a really great, a great series of artworks that were in that show. Um, and like, there was people like Daniel de Jesus, um, who else was in that show? I can't remember. Oh, um, uh, the, the person who does marquetry. Obviously I only remember Daniel de Jesus right now and Frank Aridi. Nobody else matters. Um, oh, Billy Zangawa was in that show. Um, and like, you know, like there was a lot of people who were doing realism, but like turning it on its head. And so when we were working on that show, I had a lot of people say, oh, finally a show that's going to be pretty. And I found it really interesting. Now we did have like, I mean, it's certainly beauty as part of art. And there was in that same show, um, like some photographs that were really about like reflections and, you know, that I think were more about like just formal concerns. But in the painting, in the part that was non-photograph, because we had a room that was all photographs, they, um, I thought it was so interesting when I could get an art a visitor to look at this realism and think something else. And so Frank's was a pair of boots. And when I would say to somebody, so like, why did he pick boots? Whose boots are those? What's this about? They were like, oh, it's about something, which was so, which is to an art historian, of course, it's always about something. Um, but people didn't get that. Do you feel like, Frank, your work is so highly realistic? Do you feel like sometimes the realism is like a, it's tough for people to move past? I always, in, in more recent years, I should say, I've felt that it's so common now that it has to be more than just real like re doing realism is not a big deal anymore i think so uh, you know to me story is not everything but it is a large part of of making like there has to be some kind of background story or history or i have i have to have some kind of connection to it also because these paintings take me longer than i want so it has to be something that is <laughs> more than visually interesting you know yeah. i do wonder what was it like to paint that self-portrait of you as a ball player you were like looking at your face for <laughs> weeks on end yeah i used to do a lot more self-portraits the last few years before i started that i had kind of slowed down on them um, and that was just kind of a, you know, I'm a huge fan of Bo 
Bartlett who uses his own likeness in a lot of his paintings um, and whether they are direct or indirect sort of self-portraits is uh, always a part of it. But um, watching, no, I kept seeing all of these like Field of Dreams references from the movie. And this is a movie that I grew up watching like many others, I'm sure, um, involved in sports or not. And um, just doing the scroll on social media, I was seeing like multiple people from different worlds that had no link whatsoever who were posting, um, you know, someone was on a road, road trip cross country and stopped at the Field of Dreams house. Um, someone was, quote, whatever. There were all of these separate but um, not separate links to that movie. And so I rewatched it. And um, in the movie, they do like a quick narration in the beginning and you learn that he started his career, Shoeless Joe Jackson started his career in Cleveland, which I had totally forgotten or didn't know. Until and you told me. This was I also around remember. the time. You told me when yeah, I asked I mean, you about it. I didn't remember either. Yeah, he still holds some records in, in Cleveland baseball. Um, but this was also around the time where we were kind of in limbo. We didn't, we knew the name was changing and, um, we, I think as I was painting it, there was that like viral Tom Hanks narrated, um, video that the Indians were going to become the guardians. So all of those things kind of came together and, um, you know, inspired me to do that portrait, but um, also had me thinking a lot of, you know, the the fact that growing up playing sports and things like the name of a baseball team that you love and follow, like really doesn't matter. It's so much more um, to to growing up and doing those things than the name of, you know, the team was kind of the idea behind it. Interesting. So, you know, when I look at both of your works, I think about how you both do something that's a historic process, right? Realism is a historic process. And uh, Sophie does tintypes and you both like play with history, but you do something very contemporary. Like Frank's does a lot of, um, you know, portraits that would be sort of a traditional portrait of, but of people who might be fully tattooed or have, you know, like hair that is a much more contemporary hairstyle. Um, so how do you pick what parts of history you're picking up? Either of you. I'll let Frank Any go of first. You. I feel like <laughs> I feel like we might know about my work a bit already for people who are <laughs> listening. But he wants to know. That's true. That's I true. do want to know. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Okay. Yes, please. Well, I'm still <laughs> formulating my answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, this one's kind of easy for me, right? Because like a lot of my focus is actually deliberately borrowing from history and repurposing you know, kind of cherry picking pieces from different decades to make people think they're looking at history. And then there are contemporary signifiers that kind of rip the rug out from underneath you and you realize, oh, I'm looking at contemporary art. And then a lot of my subject matter has just been kind of exploring, you know, my own personal identity where I kind of started photographing people who were in my circle and everyone was queer and then I kind of through the work and doing all of the work realized that 
oh, I'm queer too. And it was kind of this whole process of kind of placing myself inside of history and also because I grew up without a lot of family photographs as well because they were mostly lost to natural disasters in Australia. So that's Australia, really. Um, so I was kind of building my own familial archive, but with my chosen family in a way. So, and also because, you know, most of the archives- so like that, a new history. You yeah, created new histories. Yeah, but also that is kind of an existing history because most of what exists in archives of people like me and, you know, people from my community is represented by, you know, people who were investigating the other, you know, for the most part, the massive collections of kind of intimate private photos are in private people's collections or they don't exist anymore. So that's me. <laughs> what about you, friend? For me, history, uh, or I should say what parts to include of what history is, I think a lot of it came from um, from a material standpoint. I love this idea of um, sort of applying this material that is, you know, age old and has been done for hundreds and hundreds of years. And hopefully these things will outlive us. And I, I always really enjoy that sort of romantic thought about paintings and how they're made and how they exist. Um, and I have to think that that comes through in the application and hopefully the, the final product. I think that um, that is definitely an important thing to me. Um, but also, I think that it also has to be personal in terms of theme and idea. Um, I don't know. It's that's that's a really interesting one. So I am curious. You said personal, and so I've not seen Sophie in real life or her artworks in real life, but I've seen many of Frank's works in real life. Um, one day. I wonder about someday. Someday I'll leave this this house. Um, <laughs> but um, one thing I do think that's very challenging on the digital in digital space, like in TikTok or in Instagram, is that you see an object. And you can, you're only seeing it in reproduction. And from Frank's work, having installed his work um, previously and spent way lots of time <laughs> looking at the surface as I wrote the labels, um, that there, there's a tactility of his work. And then I've only seen Sophie's work digitally. And, but I know that I yearn to see the tactile surface of it. Um, and I wonder it's the best how part much of tintypes too, like that. Yeah, right. Any digital, um, even a video of one, can't do it justice. So, as an artist, how do you how how do you like reckon with the fact that the vast majority of people who see your artwork will never see your physical artwork? I've thought of that for a little bit now. That like your work, mm, <laughs> your work is only as good as you know the digital reproduction of the it, documentation right? because of exa <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> it's the contemporary art um, line, right did it did you do a show if you didn't document it right and that's a really that's a tough one because it is so much about 
you know, I want to go to the museum. I want to go to galleries and see work in person. It's definitely not the same experience. And something that I always tried reiterating in, in, you know, the small amount of time that I was teaching uh, as a grad student, uh, especially in Athens, Ohio, where, you know, we did have a collection through the university and Columbus, Ohio was an hour away, but, um, you know, getting out there and seeing the work is, is you're never going to recreate that experience. Um, which is, I, I mean, the whole NFT thing, that's why it was kind of, uh, that wasn't really my, I was, I had a few people like come to me and wanted to, wanted to oh, make something I'm like sure. that happen. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pass, but thanks. <laughs> you know, I, it's like the opposite. And of then seeing work. people, <laughs> right. And then seeing people on social media, like really pushing for that and, and wanting to make that happen. And Hey, at the end of the day, whatever makes you happy. And, you know, anymore, obviously that, that plays a crumbled. part, but also, <laughs> right. Sorry, right. like with Twitter, yeah, it just kind of like collapsed. So, I do think, yeah. you know, it's interesting that you said that seeing these authentic works, but I still, so I, I've, I've been really thinking a lot about this sort of idea of authenticity because I too, having come from, you know, spent a couple decades, more than a couple decades in museums, always valued the physical, the actual, the authentic. But now I don't, I work remotely, I work in tech. I mean, I can see shows if I happen to be in the building, but I don't travel for shows like I used to. And so there's, you know, there's works like there's this show that is a Tate Britain right now, um, or I should say there's a work that I've seen digitally at Tate Britain um, by, um, that's about, um, blackness and sugar and globalism uh, by Hugh Locke and it's called The Procession. And I didn't, I'm never going to be in Tate Britain to see that installation. It will close long before I get to London. And yet I, I feel like I've experienced it. And so it's like, I've created a secondary authentic. That was my experience of grad school. I did grad school in the COVID era. <laughs> um, like the hard lockdown era. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause you know, institutional universities keep on pushing and taking your money like nothing was really going to stop them so i we kind of had to adapt the way that we ran critiques and engaged with all our kind of mfa content because suddenly we were all in different parts of the world we were in different time zones we were pl planning an exhibition um and an installation as a group kind of down to the wire up until the very last minute. Um, and it was the most yeah. kind of bizarre experience, right? Being in this space where all of these kind of established artists and educators were like, it's definitely possible. We can definitely, no, no, no. There's definitely, we know how to talk about and consume and, you know, put on a show in a digital space. And it was like, we put together a really good show, but I think because we weren't, restricted to the space of being inside the walls like everyone kind of found a sense of freedom and not having to be at school <laughs> the way of kind of experiencing art they became synonymous with each other they became the same thing um which is well, kind that's of how i think thing, about those right? like mammoth installations art. now yeah well, you, you know how, it's like, about experiencing art yeah and now everyone's kind of saying oh my god i went and saw this amazing art exhibition and it's a video installation of paintings 
and that's everywhere at the moment. That's kind of what people are paying. The Van Gogh rooms. Yeah. $50, like a $50 ticket for. <laughs> really? So, so I was talking <laughs> to my dad about this. So years ago, so I was Frank's on the committee. for anyone listening, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was on the committee that worked on interpretation. That's just like the word for helping write labels at museums. Mm -hmm. And so I helped reinstall the room at Cleveland Museum of Art that has three Van Goghs. And I have spent a lot, a lot of quality time with the Cleveland Museum of Arts Van Goghs in life, intellectually, reading the books, doing exhibition. I mean, I have, I know them. I know where the, there was one that had a piece of like uh, vegetation in it. And I know what it looks like underneath the frame. I know a freaking lot. I could basically draw them from memory. And so um, my, and my family, I grew up in Cleveland. So my family's around, right? And so when we reopened the galleries, my parents loved me. I'm not, I'm not um, disparaging my parents in any way, but they were not rushing to go see the three Van Goghs we helped reinstall or the Picassos <laughs> that were there or anything else that was in that. Monet was on the other side of the wall. Monet's Water Lilies is in this room. I had worked on like the gallery cards and the, the maps, everything. Um, nothing, nothing. So then not too long ago, Van Gogh's, that, that Van Gogh's screensaver installation was around the corner from the Cleveland Museum of Art. Screensaver parentheses derogatory. Sorry. That's like, right. That's just... Yeah. And so it, in that building is like basically where they work, uh, in Cleveland. It's, it's like basically like kitty corner to where the Cleveland Clinic is. So they like, they were like, it's so easy to get to. And I was like, but like, it's, it's like, I don't know, 25 blocks from the Cleveland Museum of Art. Right. <laughs> like my dad was so excited to take the kids to see it. But, but I also think it goes back to what we were sort of, you were saying about like, your show, Sophie, or, you know, Frank talking about the authentic. I think it's also because we aren't teaching each other to experience art in the way that people used to. Like I grew up going to field trips and children's classes at the Cleveland Museum of Art. I grew up having no other option other than books. And so I had to learn to look closely and find surprises and be excited about the surface. Mm. Whereas now you don't have to. It's true. Yeah, I mean, but do you think we're going to go back to people wanting the authentic? People the want handmade. Authentic, I, guess? I feel like yeah. people who aren't, like, the you know, small A art world people are really into like handcrafts, right? That's kind of the trending thing at the moment. So I'm, I'm wondering, I'm hoping, maybe, we might eventually go back to a, a physical, like prioritizing a physical engagement with artwork because again like when you photograph something unless you have someone who's photographing who like is an art photographer which is a very very highly desirable and honed skill like if you want to make money be an art photographer if you're not engaging with art in a way that it's photographed to be reproduced and looked at in that manner you are engaging with someone's perception of art <laughs> it's not even the art itself like if you're looking at installation like pieces or someone's Instagram photo of their experience of an exhibition, that is their, in, like their cultural yeah. history, their cultural reading, everything they're doing is influencing what media you, you are reading. Mm. Like it's just- It's telephone. It's like telephone. <laughs> yeah. have, you ever been, have you ever been surprised by somebody's take on your work, Frank? It's like school and college interviews. 
think a lot of people do sort of get um, involved in, in, you know, the realism aspect of it. I think for a lot of people, especially folks who appreciate what we do creatively, but maybe don't have conversations about art, you know, they're, it's always flattering to hear when people say, that looks just like a photograph. And I know what they mean, and I appreciate that. I'm always appreciative, but, like, you know. It's not the point. Right. Like, yeah. if I wanted to make photographs, I would be doing photography, you know? <laughs> um, That's something I always I, say on this uh, podcast. I'm like, if you really want to do realism for the sake of realism, why aren't you taking photographs? Yeah, right. So I, I think the majority of the reactions are, are sort of um, – a part of that conversation uh, uh, as far as surprises go um i don't know man surprises I i'm sure there have been people who have said things that have blocked out selectively <laughs> chose to <laughs> block out you know how you're not supposed to check like you're not supposed to look at somebody's uh, <laughs> photo feed is so like it's like you don't look at people's photo feeds you might see something you don't want to see there well what i saw what my husband's photo feed the other day was that picture that you had i didn't look at it closely when i was in your studio but it was i don't so i don't know because i'm this is i'm good at like art stuff so if you ask me like any like who was the empire in japan that made the most beautiful suite of blah 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 i probably could get it but uh pop culture not so much you had superheroes is it Batman? On your your wall, oh. you have a painting. All right, start again. There you go. You're back, unfrozen. What what I'll do you have back. on your wall? Yeah. Uh, currently, I have a few Batman portraits that I've been doing, and these are um, still shots from the Adam West 1966 Batman. Um, and so I have been watching them on DVD for some time. And, and watching them on a very built-in DVD player. I, I end up finding these that are, I don't know, with color and light. And so I'm taking images of the still frames and then um, painting from the images. Um, and so I've got a few of them hanging up. And mm -hmm. I actually started doing them just to, to like have some work to hang up in my apartment, which is the first time I've ever done that. Um, I grew up watching the, you know, probably second or third generation of reruns of the show. Uh, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so, you know, they were definitely not first run, but um, it was also before you could record things off of TV, so it was like you had to see it when it was on. And for me, growing up and looking at comic books... It was after school, right? Until Channel 43. Um, yes, yes, absolutely. It was, yeah, it was like a 4 or 5 p.m. situation. And uh, for me, growing up, paging through comic books, not really for the stories, but just for the images, um, seeing a, a live-action comic book with all of the pows and bams and whammies... Um, was a really, really cool thing to see. And then it just sort of like disappeared as it stopped airing on TV. 
uh, you know, now there's a new Marvel movie like every few months, every every five months. Um, and then watching these kind of like low rate campy scenes play out, it's it's very, very fun and fun to look at. Well, so the reason I say it is because of those works. My husband said that he felt like he really loved those works. <laughs> so I said, so I, was, I saw that I was like, who made this? Because it doesn't. I mean, you know, art historians, we perceive that we can always tell what some who is somebody's work, right? And like we, not, we're like we're. I'm a total like snot if we're walking into a museum gallery. I'm like Barnett Newman. Like I don't even look sometimes at the work, but try yeah. to prove to myself <laughs> that I know who it is. You know, and um. So I was like, well, who, what is this? And he said, oh, it's Frank. And I'm like, oh. Um, and that guy was there, so I didn't get to really look closely. I'd seen, that's why I'd seen the jeans. And there was um, one of, well, there was a portrait on the ground of, um, that I've seen in mm. many times. Like, I feel like I know that person. I don't, I've never seen that person in real life, but I've, I've seen that portrait many times. And um, he said that he felt like it was um, kind of, what did he say, drawing back the curtain on realism or playing with realism, which he really appreciated. He's like, I really like where he's pushing realism, um, which I thought was a really like interesting, so for somebody else though, would walk in and be like, that's Batman, now as you explained it to me. Or, you know, like, you know, like, and I mean, mm -hmm. I of course would not know who can, the characters are, but that I thought it was, it was interesting in, I think this in general about artist works, as an art historian who's often putting my ideas onto an artist work, how much your what you meant to say and what I hear is totally like different. What about you, Sophie? Have you had yeah. some surprise interpretations? And it'll give that'll give uh, Frank a second to respond. <laughs> when uh, when some of my tintypes went viral uh, that first time, I because I I I think they look like contemporary art, but I make them, so maybe I'm biased, but. I had people who were like, wait, you made these? These are these are from now? And I was just like, yeah. Or I'm doing my job, clearly, but yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're from now. And I guess um, the, um, I might share some grad school feedback I got from uh, one professor who I don't think liked me very much, but he kind of was insisting that I move on from my portraiture practice and all this stuff. And he was like, I think you're just really comfortable in your identity as an Instagram artist. And I was like, what does that mean? Your face, Seema, you're scandalized. Yeah, he was, um, <laughs> he was a small man, I think. But it was just, it was such a bizarre... <laughs> Sophie and I have this like running theory of small pe people who have who are small like intellectually. Uh, he, was, he was also bald, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe that says something. But uh, it was just I was such just such a really bizarre. I don't even know what that critique fucking means. I suppose is what surprised me the most because like what I'm at art school for a reason. I don't know. It was weird. Um, but I suppose those are my those are my main two. Like, is it like you you actually made these? Because that that was the other thing, right? I now have this running joke on my TikTok where uh, people are accusing me of being a vampire because <laughs> like all of my stuff looks really old. I'm like, so what? My my you know alias and contemporary identity as a fine art photographer and an artist is just what some kind of cover for 
me being a sapphic like creature of the dark like no surely not it's better than them saying you're a werewolf or something that smells a zombie (laughs) no i don't mind the vampire gag and i put like fake teeth on for the video and everything i want to see if i can turn it into like a running joke um just because it could be fun (laughs) so so is there a right like is your is what you want the work to say the right answer oh no 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 (laughs) i think that that's like it i (laughs) I was in school with someone who was like, everyone will read my work the way that I want it to. And then one of my professors was just like, nah, buddy, that's not possible. <laughs> it's just quite simply yeah. not how the world works. Um, and I think that, I think it's extraordinarily obnoxious to think that people are going to read and perceive your work the way that you intend it to. Um, what about you, Frank? What do you think? I, I, I sort of enjoy the fact that it's, it's kind of open and it, if it brings conversation i see that as a good thing um i i certainly have to have something that sparks the idea for the work but then once it's sort of in production and then once it's finished and it's hopefully out in the world living its own life it's you know i think it's fair game as far as interpretation goes but totally yeah i i invite uh Hopefully it's sparking some kind of interesting conversation that, you know, um, I think that's all fair game and just sort of, yeah, like, uh, like your teacher said, that's, that's not how the world works in terms right? of like what I say goes yeah. and <laughs> this is what the work can only be about. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's. Well, that's and the work itself becomes its own thing. Like, I don't know. I think I maybe told you this yeah. story, um, Frank, but one time at work at my old job, I'm standing with, I used to work with somebody who had um, a lot of tattoos, like fingers tattooed, you know, like everything was tattooed, but we did a lot of manual stuff. We were moving artwork and photographing it. So we knew each other, like, so we'd all be like moving and holding. And so like, we knew what each other's hands and arms looked like very clearly. Um, and, um, and we were, you know, we were in a storage, so we were really close to each other (laughs) and, um, I'm standing, we were standing and doing it. And he's like, well, you've already, and this person, this artist, whose name is Joe Minnick, um, said, well, you've seen all my tattoos. And I was like, and I was like, Joe, I'm pretty sure HR doesn't want, (laughs) I was like, I'm pretty sure HR says that you can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, no, but, (laughs) but you but you have, and we're standing in, in we're standing in storage, and the other woman Stephanie's like, Joe, I don't know what you're saying about Sema, but like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> and he starts laughing, and it turns out that this artwork that we really love um, by Frank, which is I think of as Frank's artwork, what the model was this guy Joe, but he was I think decapitated, and maybe it was his hands in it. I can't remember. He definitely it was, has no, no it head. It was just it, it was like. Yeah, it was a very hard crop of like right. shoulders and like right. next to the like in, inside of the arms and at the waist. Yeah. So basically so, everything they tell you not to do with portrait. And this guy is like super outgoing and like real like like he just has a lot of personality. So you can't imagine him decapitated because he's very animate and like. Uh, plus he's our co-worker and so all of a sudden Stephanie and I like <laughs> realize that we have been 
like we because it was one of the works that we had thought about for some exhibition we had thought about the work so that's how we like knew it we had been looking at it and all of a sudden we had this terrible feeling that we've seen joe minnick basically half naked <laughs> um and we've been working with him all this time and we had this very funny feeling and so then afterwards she was like well i mean i really like joe but like, I, don't, I feel a little bit like I've just seen him kind of naked. And I was like, yeah, I mean, what I think we should just focus on is that's Frank's painting. And this is our coworker, Joe. <laughs> and so we like <laughs> intellectually separated them. It's like, cause like we hadn't, even though like, you know, like, you know, we'd be wearing short sleeves cause it gets, you know, like hot sometimes we're moving stuff. So like we had seen them. I like, I can't remember now, but I can like, you know at the time I would have been able to immediately if I wasn't in the room, tell you what it's on his fingers. You know, because uh, they were like as like I would have been able to recognize him as I recognized his face. Um, they felt divorced from the painting to me, which I think is very interesting about art. The art takes on its own life. Independent of you both have sitters in your works, yeah. but I think your works and your sitters are different. Do you see them as different? Yeah, always. I think that as much as I. I know, there are some famous photographers who I think are kind of problematic. I do think this idea that you're, a photograph is not really representative of reality. And I think that people bring a certain part of themselves to a sitting and to wanting to be seen and witnessed and represented in a way that they might not necessarily bring to their everyday lives. Um, I don't know. But also, like, at the same time, I'm a photographer who, try and, who tries to really kind of <laughs> dig down into the truth of how people want to be seen, but the truth of how people want to be seen is always going to have my creative, imaginative, imaginative, you know, perceptive overlay of how I think that should play out. So I don't know. What about you, Frank? Do you look at that painting I and think, think oh my God, I've seen Joe Minnick naked. <laughs> I, I was going to say that I think it's interesting when people will comment on the work around portraits and when they know the person who is in the portrait and say, wow, you really captured the spirit of that person or, you know, and this, I think, once again, gets back to that, that bit we were just talking about, about how, you know, people are going to approach the work certain ways and they're going to, they're going to see what they want to see if they're really looking at it. Yeah. And I think best case scenario, um, if I paint somebody's portrait and I can sort of marry those two of like it is that person and it is that person in terms of like visually and capturing whatever is there that's best case scenario that doesn't always happen because I'm bringing something to it maybe completely different or something that I have um you know an idea that I'm coming with or or I you know an agenda of sorts that what I want to get out of this this portrait yes it is of this person and they're dressed a certain way or not dressed a certain way and um <laughs> you know but also it, it might be saying something completely different in gesture or pose or attitude um those sort of things but mm. all of those things coming together I think is uh, can can make you know an interesting an interesting piece I hope yeah it's almost like they're sculptures both of you use a human as a portrait but almost like a sculpture like the the one that I'm thinking of he's uh, he's like he's like it, there's a lot of strength in the pose I see a lot of like sculptural elements in your works 
Mm, totally. Especially the the um, blue studies, or the study in blue, the jeans, they're so sculptural. I know. I love the, I love the blue jeans. I, my house has just gotten exciting. My dad just walked in. Oh. Um, I was... <laughs> so it's probably a good time to either to sort of segue. We're almost out of time. Anyway, I have so. I have like one bit I want to add to that um, before we before we do segue though. I think that one of the things that I think I've kind of arrived at as in my own practice is that as an artist, I think that your responsibility is to creating the work and setting it out into the world. After that, like you, it's not it's not up to you how it's received. That's that's the artwork taking on its own life at that point. Um, so yeah, I just, I think that, you know, if you're a young artist and you're listening to this and you're kind of thinking about, you know, agonizing over how people are receiving your work, like, just don't worry about it, just keep making more. And like your themes and, you know, what you're talking about and what you care about will be represented through the body of work. So just keep making. Do you have any good advice for young artists, Frank? Or advice I at all, also, I guess it doesn't have to be good. <laughs> I love the dogs joining I am now. also of, of that, I'm also of that same thought that, you know, making the stuff and sort of making what you are interested in um, or finding a way to take what you're interested in and figure out how that creates uh, or produces work. Um, that's half the battle, I feel like. Um, and once you once you find once you find that, this is a great conversation because I have someone uh, coming to my studio later today who is in art school right now. She goes to RISD, mm -hmm. and um, we just met through her like coming to open studios. And the, the last time she came through, she was in high school, and now she's in her first year. So she came through at the same open studio that I uh, recently seen SEMA at. And um, yeah, so this is all very uh, relevant and, uh, you know, it's like you want to cheerlead and be, uh, you know, uh, positive and, and put out the, that kind of, uh, that kind of energy, but um, also always reiterating you know, the act of making it, getting to the studio, those things that I think it overlooked and, um, you know, we're easily distracted. Now, I'm easily distracted. I couldn't imagine being younger and having all of the toys and mm -hmm. things that, you know, would take one's mind off of making or out of the studio. So getting, you know, to make things um yeah is is a big part of the battle yeah definitely don't join tiktok then <laughs> <laughs> main idea don't join TikTok. just just, just like you know, actually, as, as much as it's the you know the generative basis of our of our production here like maybe don't. <laughs> you know, if you don't need distractions maybe like yeah don't. <laughs> it is like i do feel a little bit like my brother is a tab for the holidays and he doesn't like he thinks we're, I'm, I'm over social media even though it is my job and my day job too but um but it. indeed but um but um i think it's interesting it's like i sort of realized i was talking to him and i was like oh it's like i have like an imaginary friend called this weird social media like i have like this sort of interior life that is on this internet 
Um, but then I have my real life and they, they don't always cross over or like, um, our, my daughter's ba old babysitter, I guess she sees me on TikTok and I, I was saying like, it must be so weird to be like just scrolling. And then all of a sudden somebody you really know is on there. Like, <laughs> like, you I, know, love, like a real I love when I see those comments where, so there's yeah. like a weird viral video and then someone's like, Oh, that's my math teacher. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's so weird. I love it. Just like when they, the <laughs> online and the real That's life awesome. kind of start to collide and intersect. I think like even oh, yeah. Hank Green did a video about this, right? How there's like, um, there was that kind of like hand movement to the ding in one of those like popular TikTok viral songs. And then there was footage of everyone doing it out in real life at a concert. And Hank Green kind of just like went on this rant about how, you know, these things that exist in liminal you know kind of not real spaces end up becoming and like parts of reality it's really cool it is cool but it's like sort of odd so i've had two experiences where one i had created a show where i put in a ohio-based artist named emily sullivan smith who um trained at kent and is now in dayton and she does like weird cool artwork like taking cod the scales of i think it's cod some fish and then guilting it gilding it and then making panels it's sort of extraordinary cool. so i really? did it because i just yeah it's amazing it's amazing she was in that more is more show that was the predecessor the show just before your show at akron and um and she also did one <laughs> i remember when we installed the one that she did with guinea hen feathers and i said to the installation team don't breathe. <laughs> we unpacked it because it was it was actually very stable, but we were so nervous. I was like, everyone, just hold your breath. Um, but my point is that I mentioned her in the video. I don't know what I was talking about, but um, and somebody said somebody in the comments that she is the best. I love her because she's my daughter. And so I messaged her for real life. I was like, is this your mother for real? And she said, Yeah, that's really funny. She just sent it to me. <laughs> And then I had it where I got a text from an artist I'd worked with on a show who was a Cleveland artist whose name is, uh, whose art name is E.T., um, but whose first name is Erica. And um, so Erica texts me, oh, my God, I got this from my sister. It's she. I guess her sister told her some random person was talking about her artwork. <laughs> and Erica was like, no, no, she curated that show. <laughs> like, that's funny. And it was just like, oh, weird, weird. Or when, Frank, you tagged me in that video from TikTok that you put on Instagram. I don't yeah. go on Instagram like almost ever. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. That looks like me. Oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I am I'm so out of the loop uh, social media wise that like I somebody I work with who's he's uh, a younger guy. He had to take a video of your video and send it to me so I can post it on Instagram because like there's I don't know how I'm not on TikTok so I can't take it from TikTok and put it on Instagram right away <laughs> I'm just now trying to figure out reels on Instagram which I'm like a year and a half late on so I'm trying to like do more of that They're and rough. then you know if, if that rough. doesn't uh if that doesn't keep me interested um you know, TikTok it might be after you guys have been giving it rave. <laughs> yeah, we give you I all this. Say, we're giving you so much advice to do it. <laughs> no, but I got to say I though, like say if you did it, you would not have a hard time gaining a following or promoting your work. You would because get a huge following. Massive, There's like massive. Like you would have get a huge hundreds following. of thousands. Just videos. So many, so many, so many. You could like 
you would like yeah there's because there's people, people who do realism much worse for, than you yeah and people go absolutely feral for high that's high praise there's people worse than you <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm some bad mom <laughs> See, that's it. That's it. That's it, kids. You just need to know that out there, some curator and museum professional needs to think. Damn, there's worse work than this. <laughs> that's a proof. Oh man, that's funny. It is like, uh, but I mean, like, what I think is interesting is there's like these realists who do. <laughs> I don't know. There's people who just they're they're they and more power to them but they're very happy about their facility in realism but not particularly interested in the message they're putting out like visually like the way it's conceptualized the way it's framed the like who they're capturing what they're doing you know it's like basically almost like a carnival fair kind of thing like it's just famous people images of famous people or i don't know like chimpanzees or something that like just it doesn't matter what it is um so I'm i sorry so the one such that... like a, a gentle drag yeah <laughs> 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 have i been in the art world too long <laughs> like what do you yeah. think i love how you're like wow people at tiktok really think i hate realists and then you're like it doesn't say anything <laughs> <laughs> people do really hate me on the internet. it's kind of funny <laughs> people really hate me people i like, like if you were white i feel like people me. would be they'd be responding so differently they'd be like wow oh, yeah. oh my god museum professional she knows everything but instead they're like oh this bitch i gotta take her down <laughs> there's a lot of people there's a lot of people my husband's always like see what some he was like he was like someday there's a person that we know um you know there's like a lot of people in cleveland who live like on the edges where it gets a little more less um more less inclusive and somebody we know had been fighting with the like kind of kooky guys in their neighborhood and so my husband was like that's what you do on the internet you have to stop (laughs) 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 and i was like i mean they don't really know me he's like you don't know that they don't (laughs) like i was like i don't somebody's gonna come and get me because i don't like i don't like all realist paintings like i think we're okay though one person did off more than i've had two death threats one of them on that realism video oh my gosh can you believe that somebody was gonna poison me because i like frank aridi better than i like chuck close that was really the premise of my someone called me a culture wrecker (laughs) (laughs) The world is amazing. His name was Dave. I, I don't think. think he was very insightful, but he was fun to taunt. That was that was that's for sure. Um, it, well, that's the other problem I'll have. Like, I, somebody will say, like, somebody on the Frank Arredi video actually said something about how no, this is good because it looks like a photograph. And I said about it, no, this is good and it looks like a photograph. Yeah. And then it then it was on, Sima. <laughs> Man, people love to oh, find about semantics. <laughs> it's, it's so uh, annoying. And my husband was like, why did you say that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, why couldn't you just leave well enough alone? <laughs> You're... This is why I think tracing is such a controversial topic on that platform, right? Because if realism is the pinnacle of art, then someone who cheats, God, can't be, you can't be valid. It's a really big thing on that silly little app, like the idea of tracing. Um, 
It's really? Such a, it's such a contested yeah. topic. Yeah. Or drawing Very from highlight. photographs. Uh-oh. Instead yeah. of drawing from life. Yeah. I mean, the thing for me about, I mean, Frank does, I, I know this because I've interviewed him before. Uh, you know, you do use, sometimes use photographs, but you don't draw from <gasps> photographs. It's slightly cheetah. different. I know. He's a Frank's a straight up cheetah. Culture for um, record. <laughs> exactly. But I think it's because also essentially there is no, people, you know, we have so little arts education. Mm. That people, the other reason I think like in that same video, in the same series of realism where I'm a terrible human being, um, they said that I don't understand how talented Frank is. And I was like, well, no, and like I inherently do because I just made a video about him. But um, but in, in but um, but I said, but I also think you're you're decreasing his art by saying it's not also hard work. You know, like you can't say like it's so like artists just are like, you know, I don't I don't think you were born doing this. Like, I think you may be trained and went to graduate school and work long hours and spend a lot of time on your artwork. And they were like, no, it's talent. (laughs) But this is also, I think, where making the videos and like showing people maybe how it's done sort of answers that a little bit better because on instagram i don't do a lot of video content i which is why i'm trying to like do more just to just to get more interaction because a lot of the times i just it also has to do with the fact that i don't want to spend time making content Content. i want to make meetings you know right um (laughs) especially after working a a full-time job and then coming to the studio it's like I want to be in here painting. Yeah. And I, you hear of people spending days just making content, you know? Yeah. You can find the balance. Like for me, I I just have like this guy that sits above my surface when I'm working on my surface. And then I just set it up and let it go. But also like one thing I'm learning about this app is that short form implied process content is going to get you the furthest. So if you have like a sketchbook, of your earliest works and you go, and that's really, I think also the best way to imply that it's a learned skill and that anyone can be a master of their craft, right? Is that you show, you show progression. And some of the best content I've seen from, I would say people who do engage in realism is the folks who do the kind of, you know, here's my sketchbook of, I did, you know, maybe two studies a day for a hundred days. And then you can see the progression of what they do and that, for whatever reason makes sense mm-hmm. to people but if it's just someone who has this kind of exquisite skill of being able to render life kind of through their hand in real time they're like oh, genius absolute genius like can't can't be replicated <laughs> like it's just it's this it's a bizarre disconnect it is it is it, well and it's like some of the i mean i do think i do think artists who spend a lifetime creating a body of work are amazing but in all the many facets of it. But I find it fascinating. Like somebody might do, um, there's a woman who I love. I don't know. I don't know who she, I don't, I never know anybody's name or handles, but she does embroidery. She does these realist embroideries of um, uh, cut glasses, like highballs with alcohol in them. I assume alcohol. Oh, I've seen her work. It is amazing. I've never seen embroidery it's, like it. She and she she knows so how to crazy. put 
She she understands the language of light in thread. It's unreal. Like she knows how to represent glass and halides. It's it's nuts. It's I haven't nuts. seen those. I, I, I thought you were going to say uh, the portrait artist um, who does embroideries. Um, oh, I know who that is, too. Casey Zavaglia. Those are yeah, amazing. Those are amazing. Awesome. And then there's a woman I haven't seen who you're belting. talking about. I'll find it and send it to you if I can find it. When it comes up in my feed, I'll cool. send it to you. But, um, but then there's like like people who do felting and you know people who do all these kinds of really amazing things. Oh, there it is. If you text it to me, Sophie, I'll text it to him. Mm -hmm. um, That's so embroidery. Crazy. It looks like glass. That's all embroidery. Oh, cool. Like I Very have never cool. seen anything wow. like that. I have never Isn't seen anyone crazy? with the ability to represent yeah, nuts. light in thread. But I do think that one thing for me, and sometimes I look at the, the ways that people comment about like realism on TikTok. And I think you've just ignored the artist and basically are saying that you feel incapable of doing that, right? Oh, I could never do that. It's clearly talent. Mm -hmm. But then but then I also think sometimes I see that it, it's what you just said, Frank, that it makes it human, makes it make sense. And that's when I think it's positive. Like that is, wow, that is so great. Cool and that's like humans. why I think, it, yeah, how cool are humans? And that's where I think I love having art on TikTok because it does make artists seem like humans. I mean, it I does. think you two are. <laughs> I don't know. I have been accused of being a vampire, so that's right. That's right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Your room is awfully I'm... dark over there. I... <laughs> that's right. That's right. Actually, I'm my next gonna... video plan is to be like, I'm a normal person. I like, I just pull my blinds because I have studio lights, and then I'm just gonna like lift one up and start hissing. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I'm gonna do a video about man hating. Oh, that's my well, I have kind of my content. because my videos, people are always like, you hate men, like. Because I did a video about how Gauguin's a horrible human being and also one about Picasso being a horrible human being. Wait, neither of which about I... Dolly. Oh, my Lord. Well, like, neither of which are particularly, <laughs> like, new art history. You know? No. <laughs> not, I'm not really cutting new ground here. And um, so all these people have said I'm a, like, terrible man-hater. <laughs> You're a filthy misandrist. You know, like, <laughs> I am. I am. So I was thinking I was going to lean into it. I think you should. I mean, it's the new year. Like, dig in. You know, go hard or go home. Upset all the insecure men on that app. It's really fun. They will. They it will is. threaten you, and they will do weird things where they're like, "You're breathing weird. Do you have asthma?" <laughs> that happened to me. It was weird. Uh, but you know, there's so many weirdos on that app. <laughs> We're making Frank never go. Frank's never gonna go near TikTok. Mm -hmm. He's already mm -hmm. like figured out how to get his phone not to download. <laughs> Oh, I'm going. I'm going. It's gonna be in no time. You're gonna you're gonna stumble across the the heavy breathing audio. Here's how I make my paintings. You'll probably end up becoming a viral sensation and have your own sound, and people will use it for their own art. It, like, oh, I know. It's all there. It's all there. You've got your, you've got your formula ready. You just need one of these. At least we knew Frank. You know? We knew Frank. We knew him once. It it cra it's just 2023. So 2023, the year of Frank. Um, <laughs> but uh, how we, because I suppose, because, you know, for context for people listening, we are filming, we aren't filming, we are recording on the 31st of December. Like 2022 is going out with a bang. 
um like all these people we're a big fan of andrew tate yeah <laughs> andrew tate getting arrested around here if you so my daughter's turning just turned 16 today but like nobody has a stronger hold on teenage yes. boys than andrew tate mm-hmm. so she's thrilled she's thrilled not only did he go down but that a teenager took him down <laughs> <laughs> It was like the way she was telling us, it was like, at first I didn't understand. I was like, do we know it? Like, do we, is it going to impact our personal lives? Greta's yeah. doing more for saving the planet than like anyone else right now. I love her so Super much. Excited about <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. But yeah, like the, his yeah. ego got the better of him, right? Like he had to one up a teenager on Twitter and exposed his location. It's incredible. Um, and then yeah. that, and Vivian, Vivian Westwood died. <laughs> Um, I know. I did and like video two other history. famous people died as well. Um, Kayleigh died and Barbara Walters. Mm-hmm. And this morning, like... the uh, the former Pope passed away. Who? Who's the former Pope? Oh, pope, the, the uh, one who Benedict. retired? The one who was sort of yes. like a little bit, yes. Benedict. Yes. No. no. Yes. Who was the Pope before I this? I think pope? so. Um, pope Benedict, he just died. Yeah. Okay. My daughter just said, <laughs> she's yeah. like, it is Pope Benedict. He just Confirmed. died. Confirmed. Confirmed. That's Catholic school. <laughs> got it. She got it. She I've, got I've it. blocked mine out. <laughs> she only she only made it to second grade, so it's not that fifth grade, mom. <laughs> she got first communion. That's all we got. Oh, I was the worst. Can I tell you something really terrible? I, I pretended yeah. that I was able to take communion. <laughs> I took wafers and wine at school. This they still have that fear. So Hindus, we don't have that, Enter. right? You, Hindus don't have confession, right? So we can take it anytime. Oh, and so my husband go. and I have been together since like I was in graduate school. So he's been to temples like for our family things. Mm. And they're always like, can't, it's like this really amazing cro- like cultural problem. So they're always trying to give it to him and he's like not taking it. And they think like, why wouldn't you take it? And so, I was never baptized. Was just, my Like my mom was like, absolutely uh, not. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Never for you then. Well, the, but because you know, education in Australia, I ended up in a high Anglican all-girls school, like yeah. horrendous. But you know, there were all these like a couple of times. I was like, I'm bored of this. I'm going to go get a wafer. <laughs> so bad. So here's where TikTok is crazy. So my, I feel like a lot. So I'm, I'm Catholic adjacent, right? So I'm married <laughs> to someone who's Catholic. Um, and my best friends, because Cleveland's super Catholic, so like. I like it's like everyone you'd always know somebody Catholic like I feel like every neighborhood don't you feel like I mean where you grew up is super Catholic but I feel like the east side too I mean I knew a lot of Catholics so um I have been to mass my god I mean I've been to mass a lot of times as a kid and I saw this video on TikTok and my husband went (laughs) somebody made um a communion wafer mac and cheese oh gross (sighs) oh that's so nasty (laughs) Yeah. Like, that background that... commentary is my favorite. <laughs> oh, can you hear her? No, it's great. I'm leaving it all in. I'm not editing any of that out. <laughs> he's going to hell. She just said she ran up the stairs and said he's going to hell. <laughs> that <laughs> really does sound disgusting. It looked disgusting. Um, and he also had like, he also had a Hicks and a what do you call it you know for, i sensor uh you know for the smoke and my husband was an altar boy only because he did it so that he didn't have to be bored during church 
<laughs> he was like the worst older. All his older cousins have been older boys, and he did it so he could actually have something to do um, instead of having to listen, which is an awful, awful thing. Um, it's I'm really not our outing fault my husband. That these ceremonies are boring as shit. <laughs> I know. I'm really I, outing. I, I was just a child. <laughs> But he, but this video, I was like, oh, even I knew it was sacrilegious, but my husband was like, what is happening? And that's what you could, Frank, think of it this way. It's either communion away for mac and cheese or you. Those are the only two options for people. <laughs> Wait, this is on TikTok? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I've, you can never find anything again. I, if I found it, I'd send it to you, but I don't know. Oh I might gosh. ruin your life. <laughs> Not at all. That's funny. Uh, literally signing on tiktok <laughs> but it's, it's funny like talking about like how you're received right because your, your content in some ways is your art and is an extension of your art but you have this like intense desire to control how people receive you um mm -hmm. in a way that like you don't have to think about with art um especially because like <laughs> everyone is just gagging for a fight for whatever reason. Oh my God. For whatever, oh I think because it's where everyone unloads their internal dialogue, you know, everyone's just kind of like, I mean, I will, I will say this for myself as someone who was, you know, raised in a patriarchal society as a woman, I've got a lot of fight in me, <laughs> but like, I'm not going to direct it <laughs> me too. onto a like, stupid app. <laughs> like I've got better things to do. But see the app also though, pr like promotes that. So like yeah, the prioritizes other day. That kind of content. So a lot of my content that I do, I do like a mix of things, but one of like my major things I've had success with is videos where I take something that's trending on TikTok and then bring it like art to it, right? That's genius. So the other day, some woman decided that her child was a spoiled brat because she had wrapped up a suitcase and put in a note that said she's going to Disney World, but the girl couldn't read yet. And all like she got like almost a million views and got thousands of comments where people said, yeah, she's a brat, the kid. And so I did a video that was looking at imagery, like basically a history of Christmas and commercialization and capitalism in reaction to this. And so somebody um, and then I said, you know, also as like a lifelong arts educator, I can tell you that this whole thing was produced in a way that you didn't understand educating this person. This kid can't read. You've just like screwed up. So um, somebody decided to argue with me on my thing about how I'm a terrible mother, which I never use my kids. Like, I, I mean, Frank has seen my kids in real life, but like, I'm not, they're not on my channel or anything. They're, they're obviously mm. sometimes like around my life, but they're not there. And I almost never You also don't them. use them for content or views, like so many No, that's parents. right. That's right. That's right. Um, I mean, like I sometimes mention them, like my kids said, like I said at the beginning of we were talking, because they always are roasting me. How you mention you have a family? I know. And they're always roasting me and I find it hilarious. <laughs> but my point is that this woman basically decided I was a terrible mother because I like whatever. So like she, but she doesn't know me from Adam, right? She doesn't have anything, but she just wanted to argue. But the problem is that the app increases your views if you comment back to her. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So God, supposedly they, they the, you get up in the algorithm. They? they love bickering. And it went, I don't know, it went for a while. And then I was like done. And this is what happened. So I blocked her because I was done. And um, so then the app decreases your views because you're not willing to engage in fighting. It's funny. Like I find, like I'm viraling again right now, right? Like after getting absolutely fuck all and having most the of my content one? yeah, jettisoned for the last like uh -huh. week. Uh 
I posted this video where I just set up the top duetting every time I see someone tracing for their art. And it's a girl making like a hand tufted rug with Snoopy, like a picture of Snoopy. There's all these people who are like, oh, it's not their art, rah, rah, rah. I'm like, well, the people who currently own Snoopy are also not the artist, <laughs> for one. <laughs> so like, who's she stealing from, quote unquote. But also like, she's not saying that she made the original design, she's just making a rug. And then there's just like, just massive, massive argument. And then there's these kind of art purists who are kind of like, well, I don't need to trace and therefore I'm a better artist and realist. And it's just, I, I'm up to 193,000.7 views of just me going like, nice, next to Is someone that your tracing. Highest? Is that your highest video before the one that got taken down? No, no, my shit-talking Vimeo is my highest. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. camera yeah, did, did it get taken down or <laughs> you took it down? No, that one's still, that one's still up and alive. Oh. Um, and that was the video where I realized that nuance does not work um, on that app. <laughs> like, you can't have a kind of, like, you can't leverage a critique without saying exactly what you mean. Um, so now this is, pro this is now my second highest viewed video. And I would say if I left that one up where I was talking about how American food scares me, sometimes that would have been my highest one. Cause that was going crazy really quickly, but I took it down. <laughs> Didn't like it. My Didn't highest like one was one. So my two highest ones were one. It does really seem like I hate realism. I don't, <laughs> but I have to keep saying it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this interview is going I wrong. I promise I um, don't hate realism, but here's why I, I think like it should be improved. No, <laughs> no, so one of them was, there's some guy, I don't even know who he is. It's not really realism, it's naturalism. Um, but somebody, he's a South African sculptor that I would never even think about. A lot of the art that's on TikTok is not stuff that would be in museums or galleries, really. But he does these giant, I've seen one in Atlanta and I've seen one in Seattle. They're like, huge natural i think i'd call them naturalism they look like giant busty disney princesses though i guess disney princesses are busty right um and they're always like in nature with their eyes closed going like this mm. and so i did a video about how it's so obvious that that's like the male gaze that's how a guy like basically a guy content. who's not yeah it's like it's totally a guy who's trying to like make her seem like an objectified and yeah. people, it went to like a million, it was a million likes. My first video that oh went gosh. to a million likes. But then also, yeah, then also so many men were like, it's cause you don't have boobs. Oh my God. You're jealous because you're so flat chested. That was the critique I got when I was talking about painters using camera technology for tracing like real life, right? They were like, you just don't know how to paint. And I was like, I'm actually a highly accomplished artist. Like I have like two massive major bodies of work that are circulating right now. Like I'm good. Like I'm good. Like I don't need to engage in realism to feel accomplished with art. Like it's just... You should know that these people used these tracing techniques and tools as commonly as they used paint. <laughs> like, it just makes it easier. It makes uh. it like it makes the idea of approaching realism way less scary. And I want that for young artists. I really do. Well, that's the thing for me, even for viewers as a non-artist. I think that approaching what I the reason I do that and the other one I had was of the same ilk something else about realism um where 
like I was saying that, oh, it was a some some artist who does realistic um, portraits, but they're always from, like, it, it wasn't Till Freewald, but it's like that, where you just see them this way. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's easier. It could have been Chocolos, I don't remember. But, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that that's an easier way to depict someone than on any kind of angle. And then they said, you know, you can't draw. And that's why you're saying that. And I, <sighs> and I, the, and, but my point about realism in general is that I think realism is such an important part of human creation, mm. you know, that, that, and I, in the same way abstraction is, but that realism is a way that we're trying to capture moments, capture like life. We, we, realism has been so ingrained in Western uh, visual culture and thought, you know, like that you that you see, you could, if I said to you, you know, Sistine Chapel, you would know what it looks like. This it's is, in there for us. And this is one of the reasons why I like to make this connection between painting history and photographic history and functional drawing and making sure that people understand they share an origin in this kind of perceptive quest to view the world, right? And I think that if people understood that, you know, painting and realism and all this kind of stuff existed, for the purpose of kind of like a snapshot and how we engage with snapshot photography now. I think that would like shift people's understanding of how to look at, you know, paintings and pieces of art from the past in a way that they might not understand or might not be able to connect to now. Because like, as you say, Seema, you know, like representing these like pieces of life, like to me, functionally, they are kind of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing for me about TikTok that I like and I like bringing like artists that I like to TikTok um, is because it helps people see new things, like new vantages on the world. Um, and that that's, that's so, it's so crazy. Like, and, you know, I think like, you know, I said, I did, fra- I did fra- the video about Frank and also Kentura Davis and, you know, like there's these cool people who are doing cool things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that people can access Kentura Davis or Frank or um, I did another one about um, black realists because they they can't look pat they won't look they can't look they don't know how to look they don't you know yeah um, they're too it's scared true. of their own inabilities. It's true. It's true, and it's it's one of the things that I find kind of kind of strange about this platform, right? Is that it kind of a lot of contemporary art does not translate onto social media and all that kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, and I've, I've said this to you before, Seema, like I, you know, can't help myself that sculptural installation of the robot scraping up the oil and then like getting worse and worse over time that is now kind of world famous. That's an in joke on that app because the idea of having a concept behind a piece of art is kind of novel to people on that platform. Um, and kind somebody of... just tagged me in that uh, there's it is interesting the artwork somebody just tagged me in an in joke about it and I was like I don't love it like stop tagging me um no that's very true there's a lot of in jokes on the app that's like there's a different art world on TikTok than there in is, the art there world is, there is there's like a and I really don't like to draw a distinction between them because I think that you know I think that a rudimentary way to kind of describe it would be like this it's a craft kind of space but I think that craft mm-hmm. is art and I think that craft is like pushed outside of the realm of art and contemporary art because it's like women's business. Um, it's not, it's not high art, you know? Um, so I don't know. There's... All right. I just saw the time and I noticed <laughs> where we are. I reckons, just noticed the time. Out. We can so, talk forever. 
But we need to do a couple of housekeeping things. (laughs) Frank, we don't know what your episode will be or the air date because what we do is we take these conversations and then we wrap it around like our segments. So we'll do, we'll have a theme to the show, which will be something realism. Uh, And so we will... (laughs) Something odd-based, she'd hope. Seema hates realism is going to be the topic, yeah. Um, <laughs> or Frank won't wait. No. Cat, or it could be like, I want to call in it, for Frank heavy breathing in, on TikTok. In defense of realism. <laughs> yes. Okay. I thought you were going to um, say in defense of TikTok. <laughs> they don't in deserve defense it. of realism um, and sometimes TikTok. But we do need to do, wait, one second. I'm really almost done. Whoever's in that kitchen. My poor family hasn't got me to eat anything. Happy sixteenth birthday, honey! I'm not done. I'm not done with my work. I'm not done with my work. My my family's all like, Happy New Year! Why the hell are you? Happy New Year, everybody! Thank you for this. Of course, uh, thank you you for thank you for being here. We'll We'll let you. We'll see you in life. Bye. Bye. Nice to meet you. You too.